Welcome to Inside Exchange, presented by LEK Consulting, a global strategy consultancy that helps business leaders seize competitive advantage and amplify growth. Inside Exchange is our forum dedicated to the free, open, and unbiased exchange of the insights and ideas that are driving business into the future. We exchange insights with the brightest minds of the day, the most daring innovators, and the doers who are right now rebuilding the world around us. The insurance industry isn't known for its early embrace of technology. However, that is changing. We're going to take a look at three market trends that are prompting the industry to make a change. Today, we welcome Gigi Wong, Alex Evans, and Noor Abdel Samid from LEK Consulting to discuss three of the areas seeing a large impact. Hi, everyone. I'm Noor Abdel Samid. I'm a partner and managing director in the Boston office here at LEK, and I help lead the financial services and insurance practices here in the U.S. And excited to talk to you all today. Hi, everyone. I'm Gigi Wong. I'm a managing director and partner in LEK's San Francisco office. I sit within our global financial services as well as our technology, media, and telecom practice. So naturally, the crisscross between the two, fintech, including the likes of insurtech, is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. Hi, my name is Alex Evans. I'm a managing director, head of LEK's Los Angeles office, and one of the leaders of our insurtech practice. Uh, interesting fact, I'm also a uh, licensed uh, property and casualty broker agent in the state of California. Alex, Gigi, thanks for joining me today to discuss what, we, what we've been seeing in InsureTech. Uh, one of our recent surveys discussed in our latest article noted that 75% of companies increased their self-service options to consumers. Obviously, that's a huge impact to communication, and sometimes that cuts out the insurance brokers. How do you think the shift to D2C has changed the industry till now, and how do you think it's going to change going forward? Well, I think like many other transactions in our daily lives, right, the the option to easily take care of things ourselves, whether it's to purchase something or even to just quickly check something uh, or make easy changes, the ability to do that whenever we want, that's what's made self-service really appealing. And that's no difference to the insurance industry. Within the insurance industry itself, which historically has been a relationship, face-to-face driven industry, even then the percentage of consumers that look to buy insurance in person has fallen by over a quarter in the last nine years or so. As a consequence of this change in consumer behavior, about 90% of insurance respondents indicate that they increase their digital options to the consumers. Now, it's not just all about making it easier for the consumer as well. With the increased access from consumers on digital platforms, insurance carriers actually have the opportunity to gather a large array of data that can help them better manage risk over time. Great. Thanks, Gigi. So do we think everyone else or other insurance verticals end up looking like auto insurance, which is mostly online now? Or where do we think this stops? Um, it's, a, it's a great question, Noor. Uh, I think auto is one of the, you know, if you look at the data, it's one of the first ones that, um, you know, really went, uh, you know, direct to consumer um, because of the um, homogeneity of, of the policy. It's very straightforward, very easy to, uh, you know, create uh, selectable policies, um, straightforward risk underwriting, 
Um, and, uh, you know, so, um, and, and a lot of uh, comparison sites and direct-to-consumer uh, offers, you know, sprung up. Um, and then you, you also see in other sort of simple, simpler uh, products, some of the, uh, you know, the, the basic uh, life policy, uh, life policies and things like that. You, you also see uh, you know, more penetration of online where it, and, and direct-to-consumer. It's a little more complex when you get into things like, um, you know, uh, looking at homeowners insurance or, um, you know, whole life or uh, you, you basically where the consumer, you know, might not understand all of the dimensions of coverage, uh, may not be familiar with the terms, the trade-offs, um, and it, it's a more complex consultative process and it's just been slower for those to ramp up to direct to consumer. Um, but interestingly, if you look at the research um, where consumers are researching these policies, uh, you know, almost every uh, purchase is researched online. They're just not necessarily transacted online. So I think that will grow over time as, as tools become better, as, as consumers become more comfortable uh, purchasing these products uh, online. Um, but, uh, um, and, and so will we get to the same levels in, in auto as in other, uh, categories? I don't know. I don't know if we'll get to the same levels, but we're certainly close the gap. Uh, and you're already starting to see that, uh, in, in terms of, you know, whether you're talking homeowners, um, or, or more complex life products, uh, you've know, seen, uh, DTC penetration go up every year. To add to that, even on the commercial side, we see more emphasis on a better end user experience. Enterprises want to have more easy access to data and dashboards, and in some cases, make some changes on their own. This side of the insurance world will likely always require some in-person interaction or white glove service because it's just more complex and requires more changes than your typical auto insurance policy. But even then, it is most certainly moving more direct with the help of various technology. So with more access to client information gathered online versus having papers and faxes sent in like we did historically, what, what does risk management look like going forward for insurance companies? They have access to more information than ever before. But they also have more risk than ever before, I imagine. Yes, um, it's, a, it's a really good question. Um, what one of the things we're seeing is that as more information is going online uh, and, and more activities are possible online, it's actually creating new categories of risk for, for consumers uh, and businesses um, that they need to manage. And specifically, we, uh, we expect to see continued growing demand for insurance solutions uh, in areas like, like cybersecurity and cryptocurrency, uh, just to take two, two you know, well-known examples. Um, Looking first at, at uh, cybersecurity, uh, cyber attacks have been growing uh, month over month. Um, if we just look back to 2021, um, the, the, the total number of attacks uh, in nine months was greater than the total in 2020. So we see uh, this increasing trend um, and we expect uh, uh, attacks, uh, cyber attacks to become more prevalent as we share more and more data um, online. And uh, uh, recent, uh, you know, survey work uh, around insurance professionals, um, they believe that you know, over half of these attacks coming in the future will be even more severe than the ones we see today. So not just the frequency of cyber attacks are going up, but also the severity. And again, you know, creating this, this growing, uh, you know, risk profile for, again, both businesses and, and consumers. 
Looking at cryptocurrency, uh, as that proliferates and uh, decentralized finance makes it easier for, for parties to transact via the public blockchain, um, these areas have been become an inviting area, uh, target for, for scams and hacks. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in, in response, insurance carriers have been increasing their, their cyber policy coverage, uh, you know, from about you know, 26% offering it um, to uh, in, in 2016 to about 47% in, in 2020, and it's only continuing to increase. Um, and so these, these are just two examples, but um, I think they're pretty indicative is that, uh, you know, as we you know, migrate more of our lives, you know, online, uh, there, there's a growing risk profile that uh, uh, we need to manage through insurance. Do we believe insurance companies are doing a good job of, of covering these new risks like cybersecurity or covering digital assets like NFTs or cryptocurrency? Or are they a little bit behind the time still? That's a great question, Or. Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, the insurance companies don't, you know, stop these attacks. Let's, let's take a, a cyber attack, right? I, you know, the fact that you have coverage doesn't prevent the attack. And uh, the fact that you may get, uh, you know, a, a payment, you may have a claim in the event of attack, you know, you, you'll benefit financially. But does that actually repair the damage similar to you have an auto accident and you can take your car to the shop and the insurance company pays for it. Well, what happens if your information is exposed online? Will, will a payment necessarily uh, make, make you whole? Um, so I think that's one of the challenges is that, you know, the, the loss in the, the case of, uh, you know, of a cyber attack is, is very different than the loss in, in sort of typical, you know, property and casualty uh, insurance. And so, I think uh, you know insurance. You know carriers are still you know learning and uh, evolving in how to respond um, and how to match um, you know coverage with with the risk. And it's a, it's a dynamic territory. So I I, I wouldn't say that uh, you know we're we're you know perfect yet. But I think uh, I think they're getting better, um, but there's still um, a lot of learning to do. So in an age where insurance companies are are covering cybersecurity and cyber attacks, it strikes me that they actually have to be more digitally savvy than their clients in some ways to properly gauge the risk and the premium, the charge, and frankly, the client's security measures and infrastructure. Yes, I think that's exactly right, right? Because for these companies, there is most certainly a component that is reactive when things happen to them, when uh, these uh, attacks occur and they need to compensate for it. But there's also a proactive function that's going to become more and more important as we go forward. How do we actively uh, s calculate these risks into the, the policies themselves? Uh, what are ways to compensate for them? This does continue to evolve and they do need to capture the, the thought process around that. Now, some of it they may have internally, but a lot of it will require them to hire external folks and leverage external technology, things that are focused on looking at cryptocurrency, things that are focused on looking at cybersecurity to really help them build up their technological capabilities. I might add to Gigi's response, um, and you just emphasize that it's hard to price the risk um, for uh, you know these evolving areas, right? 
you know, take, uh, you know, cyber attacks. Um, we don't have many years of history of, of you know, what, you know, the, a loss means in terms of cost. So how do we, how do we price that as a carrier or, or cryptocurrency and theft of crypto? Well, how do we value that given that it can go up or down <laughs> 10, 20% a, a given day? So how do you actually value the loss? Um, so I think with these new, you know, types of, um, you know, assets and exposures, it, it just presents challenges, you know, for, for the insurance industry to how to, you know, uh, appropriately, you know, price and, and uh, you know, underwrite these risks. It's clear consumers are looking for more coverage and more personalized coverage than ever before. What are insurance companies doing to respond to the demand for more personalized options, insurance for me versus insurance for everyone? Good question. Um, insurance companies are doing a couple of things. So if you think about uh, insurance companies historically, um, they've priced coverage based on broad population class ratings. Um, you know, this causes some consumers to pay for items they may never use. Yeah. Think about those funny Liberty Mutual ads, right? Um, but a, a more revolutionary uh, area in the market is pricing coverage through uh, consumer-centric experience, so uh, often you know, called usage-based insurance. So the consumer actually determines the coverage you know, based on their actual usage. Uh, an example might be um, a, a telematics uh, 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 product to track actual driving patterns and then pricing an auto policy on, on a, a pay-per-mile basis. So it's really tailored specifically you know, to, um, to a particular consumer's actual usage. Um, and it's not just the usage, but there's other dimensions where, um, you know, insurance coverage can be personalized. Um, there's a, a concept of, of parametric uh, insurance policies. And these are ones where uh, the consumer can tailor how and when a claim will be paid. Um, and these are typically uh, used in the event of, of a natural disaster. And, and these uh, payments actually uh, come much sooner than traditional policies because they're paid on the basis of a triggering event, a, a, um, you know, a hurricane above a certain level uh, as opposed to an actual loss. And so that that payment can be triggered. And so, uh, uh, you know, consumers of that type of insurance are opting for faster payments uh, and can customize on that dimension. So there's different ways um, that, that carriers can personalize coverage. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely, you know, the direction of travel we think the industry is going. So these insurance trends are shifting, I would say, to a more direct sales model on average. What opportunities for growth in the industry does that leave? Is it all going to be direct to consumer or how do we think about that going forward? So there's plenty of opportunities uh, as a result of the shift towards a direct sales model and towards, you know, more personalized products. And there's actually several categories of opportunities, if you will. If you think about the one that's probably most applicable to, say, you and I, right, it's going to be about creating a more and better customer-centric experience and products that's really geared towards us. Uh, and by us, I mean each of us as an individual and our own needs. And in order to do that, right, that's going to require data, that's going to require technology, both in terms of back-end technology to facilitate creating those products, to facilitate those sort of pricing, but also in terms of the experience on our end when it comes to buying a policy, changing a policy, or filing a claim. All that requires insure tech 
to help facilitate that. And the way that it's getting facilitated is going to get better and better. Things that we see as seamless now will probably seem chunky sometime in the in the future. On top of that, as we talk about moving into the actual insurance brokers and carriers themselves, as they shift a model to work more directly with the consumers themselves, they will require solutions that help them process and facilitate procedures that they never had to do before. Because previously it was managed by a third party agent uh, or a broker of sorts. So there most certainly is a lot of opportunities for InsurTech to not only step in, but to make the overall process better to help facilitate a more direct channel. Thank you both. It was great to talk about the insure tech space today and what we've all been seeing with our clients. Thank you for having us today. Thanks, Nor. Do either of you have any closing remarks? In summary, these trends we've talked about today, rather it's direct-to-consumer, expansion of risk categories, or more personalized offerings, are most certainly expected to accelerate going forward. We at LEK have helped dozens of companies navigate this dynamic and, quite frankly, often confusing landscape. Thanks again, Noor, for having Alex and I on today's podcast. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us today at the Insight Exchange, presented by LEK Consulting. Links to resources mentioned in this podcast can be found in the show notes. Please subscribe or follow for future episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, we encourage you to submit your suggestions for future insights online at lek.com.